morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, July 24th, 2014. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 98, the last paragraph that begins, Now the Domestic Problem. Today's readers are Nancy S. on the 12 Steps, Joanne L. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Katie F., Marsala, Sally, and Anita L. The reference number for yesterday, July 23rd, is 6686. Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Nancy S. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Kathy, and thank you. This is Nancy S. in Wisconsin, recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy S. 
I will now ask Joanne L. to read the 12 traditions. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you for your service. Hi, my name is Joanne L., and I'm a newly recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Joanne L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirements for moderators is a year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we are resuming our study of the big book on page 98, the last paragraph on the page that begins now the domestic problem. And I will ask Katie F. to begin reading. Good morning. This is Katie Uff, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. Now the domestic problem. There may be divorce, separation, or estranged relations. 
When your prospect has made such reparation as he can to his family and has thoroughly explained to them the new principles by which he is living, he should proceed to put those principles into action at home. That is, if he's lucky enough to have a home. Though his family may be at fault in many respects, he should not be concerned about that. He should concentrate on his own spiritual demonstration. Argument and fault-finding are to be avoided like the plague. In many homes, this is a difficult thing to do, but it must be done if any results are to be expected. If persisted in for a few months, the effect on a man's family is sure to be great. The most incompatible people discover they have bases upon which they can meet. Little by little, the family may see their own defects and admit them. These can then be discussed in an atmosphere of helpfulness and friendliness. Um, Well, I just want to focus on argument and fault-finding are to be avoided like the plague. Um, You know, once I did my inventory and I saw um, my part in things, I... I was young when I got abstinent and came into these rooms. I was 27, and I had well, I came into the rooms at 21 and got abstinent at 27. So I was single, um, living with a bunch of other women, and had not been living at home for about six years. So, um, you know, none of that really played into. Um, my life, but now these um, many years that I've been abstinent, you know, I still have to live these principles with my family that I have now, my husband and children, and with um, my family of origin. And I have to constantly look at my part. You know, I learned that early on to, you know, that it's like sweeping yourself into a corner, and then you realize that you're holding the broom and that you can go a different direction. And I have to go a different direction when things start to get ugly. And, you know, this is talking about the beginning of someone's recovery and, um, you know, how to uh, work with a newcomer and tell them um, what they need to do. And what I say to other people, you know, on a regular basis is look at your own part and trust their part to your higher power and to trust that they have a higher power too. You know, I would love to say that all my family has, um, you know, embraced the 12-step way of life, but unfortunately, that's a long story, and it's not true. Um, You know, but they don't fight me on what I'm doing. And that is what I had to, you know, as, as compulsive overeaters, most of us have spent decades, you know, with the new resolve, the new diet, the new whatever that we are going to do. And I had to, um, you know, show my family that this isn't a temporary thing that I'm doing. This is my way of life. And they have accepted that today. And, um, and then in each interaction, I have to look at my own part and not point the finger and say, well, if you had never done that when I was 10, you know, I wouldn't be this way today. I mean, we just can't do that. We have to take responsibility for our own part and leave the rest in God's hands. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Who would like to share on this paragraph? This is Janice. Janice, go ahead, please. Yes, good morning to you, Kathy, and good morning, um, 
vision for you. I'm Janice. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Yeah, now, now, you notice how they go right to the domestic problem. In the above paragraphs, they're talking about job or no job, wife or no wife. But they put the domestic problem first because that's where I've done the most damage um, when I wasn't recovered, and I can still do damage um, as a recovered compulsive overeater. Okay, I don't know about divorce or separation. I knew that that was before that it, it could happen, but I know there's still strained relations, you know, uh, for one reason or the other, through children or relationships with your husband. So what it tells tells us is, you know, even though we're recovered um, and we've made amends, which is reparations, um, we're going to be, we have to use these, we must use these principles. You know, this is uh, the proof that we act according to the principles. And um, if they, if the family doesn't, then, you know, that's okay. Um, I have to mind my own business. I can't stop pointing at, you know, either my husband or my son. It's all about me because I'm powerless. I have to concentrate on my own spiritual growth. You know, and you know, I love this word plague. Ooh, what does that mean, plague? Plague is a highly infectious, often fatal epidemic disease. And when I get in the rage, and sometimes I have to be careful, um, argument and false finding are to be avoided like the plague because that's not spiritual, and it's certainly not healthy, especially now as a recovered compulsive overeater. I don't feel good when I act like that, and I'm useless. I become useless and ineffective in my family when I'm like that. I scare everybody. Everybody doesn't want to talk. They run away, um, and, it, and it's not spiritual. So um, mind my own business concentrating on why I'm affected by what they do, what part of me is at fault. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. Um, would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Well, this, this is Larry. Is... Oh, go ahead, Larry. Go ahead. Hey, Kathy. Um, <clears throat> thank you for your service. Appreciate it. This is Larry. I'm recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. You know, um, <clears throat> with the clarity of mind and heart, you know, that, that we receive through this, this process of recovery, you know, perhaps, you know, we can truly see for the first time how we contributed, you know, to those strained relationships that they're, they're talking about in this, this paragraph on, on the home front with their family. And, and I know, you know, it's, help, it's helpful for me to remember, you know, when I'm working with, with, a, with a prospect who's just kind of come through this process, you know, I, I simply couldn't see this before with the, the perceptive lens that I had of a compulsive overeater. You know, that, you know that, that perceptive lens was one in which, you know, I was disconnected from others in my family. Not completely, but I know emotionally, you know, I was disconnected from others. Um, you, you know, j- jump on, on Larry's emotional roller coaster. You know, take that for a ride. It's, it's, a, it's quite a harrowing experience. Um, I can see that today. I did not see that before. Couldn't see it. Wasn't able to see it before. I thought, you know, it was just a, a you know, it was a beautiful thing to be around me. Can you imagine, you know? But um, 
you know, being around me, um, you know, day to day, I mean, what are you going to get, you know, but prior to the spiritual experience as a result of working these steps, you know, unpredictability, walking around eggshells, you know, those types of experiences. And so when, when, when our prospect has made reparations to the family, you know, his, his actions, her actions have changed. Reparation is not merely telling, you know, telling, the, you know, the family, I'm sorry. You, you know, sorry, is a, that's a board game. You know, I mean, sorry. Um, no, to make reparations, we're committing to changing our behavior going forward. How do we interact with our spouse? How do we interact with the significant other? How do we interact with our children? It's different. And, and after all, God has done for us what we could not do for ourselves. We, we, we have a new relationship once we've come through this process with our creator. We have a new relationship. So we have the ability to do things differently, to act differently, to think differently. How do I know that? Because I've experienced it. I continue to experience it. We've commenced to live by new principles. You know, so what, what principles are they talking about? Well, principles we know, honesty, hope, faith, courage, integrity, willingness, humility, self-discipline, love, perseverance, spiritual awareness, and service. These are the principles we're talking about. You know, arguing and and fault-finding are not part of my my daily repertoire anymore. They were. You know, I I leave that to others that are more uh, able to, to, to do those things you know, in a, maybe in a reasonable way. I, I can't, you know, I leave that to others. And the big book tells us that it's not always easy in the family. You know, but, but I, God has given me the ability to be helpful, to be friendly in a way that I don't have to argue and, and fault find with, with people in my family anymore. My, my immediate family, my extended family. I don't need to do those things anymore. Before I had a spiritual awakening, I engaged in those things every day. That was the, the, the normal, you know. That was the normal, you know, my normal behavior. Today, as a result of picking up the spiritual toolkit, changing, reparation, change, I can make reparations. And then the family sees, you know, a long period of reconstruction ahead. But now they see that I'm different. And it doesn't matter if they're different, I'm different. What service can I offer other people? With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry. And this is Kathy. I'd like to take a turn. I'm a compulsive, recovered, a compulsive overeater. And um, this sentence, um, when he has thoroughly explained to them the new principles by which he is living, he should proceed to put those principles into action at home. This reminds me of my own experience where I was so excited about um, making reparations to my husband and my son um, when I first came through the step process um, that I didn't really understand that this was going to take time, that I wasn't going to be able to change all of my behaviors overnight. And... um, you know, uh, I've had to, over the years since I completed this work, um, become more realistic about um, 
my capacity to behave differently. I can't do it without God's help, and I can't do it without rigorously working uh, step 10 and 11 and 12 on a daily basis. Um, In my own experience, um, I had to go back several times to my husband on certain matters um, because uh, though I made an amends, my living amends um, was far less than perfect, and uh, I continued to um, do things like point the finger at him or judge him or um, not take responsibility for my part for years. But little by little, um Doing, taking inventory, sharing it with another person, bringing God in to help me not act on my character defects enabled me to come closer and closer to living these new spiritual principles. Um, so I think uh, I know that with my sponsees today, I let them know um, this is a process, this takes time, And we begin it, and then um, as long as we work the steps, continue to work the steps, over time we will experience the healing that's promised here. And with that, I pass. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Monica. Leah. Go ahead, Monica, and then Leah. Sharon. Good morning. And then Sharon. Thank you. Go ahead, Monica. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and diddle-diddle to what both Larry and you were saying. So here we are working with others, and it says um, there may be divorce, separation, or just strained relations. And um, maybe, well, I think it's a little bit more than maybe. There always is, you know, being a compulsive overeater when I was... uh, throwing my way around the world here, there had to be. And he should concentrate on his own spiritual demonstration. Argument and fault-finding are to be avoided like the plague. It's, um, you know, a curse of disease, contagious, a fatal disease, a plague. So they're telling me not to go there. And, you know, before I went through the steps, before I did my fourth-step inventory, I didn't know what I didn't know, and I couldn't see what I couldn't see. And as a result of doing the fourth step and the turnarounds, Monica, uh, God showed me how I was very selfish in specific ways, how I was very dishonest. I learned that I was a very critical judging person and was probably happening all in my head, but I was busy doing that. Um, Gossiping, um, you know, these are the things that were shown to me. And so as a result of writing these things over and over again, it was like, you know what? I I don't want to continue doing this anymore. And with the family, and the other two big things that came out of my inventory for me was, Monica, you don't know anything, and it's none of your business. And that was very uh, awakening. And so, yeah, you know, we've, in my ninth step, I made amends to my husband, to my family. But then, what's the big deal here? The big deal is I change my 
attitude. I change my behavior. So if Monica says she's not going to be critical and judging, then she's going to keep her mouth shut. You know, as married people or whatever, or anybody with relationships, we all have these little, uh, I don't know how to describe them, you know, these little things that we get into, these little hamster wheels that we get into. You know, the other person says something and then bang, I got I have to respond. I have to be right. Um, and in nowadays, Monica, really, God shows me, Monica, just keep your mouth shut. You know, what difference does it make in the grand scheme of life? You know, um, and I joke and my husband has heard me say this, you know, and it's like in the grand scheme of things, Monica, let your poor husband be right once in a while. You know, what's the big deal here? And when I do that, then I'm not causing all that turmoil outside and within myself that used to always send me to eating. And this is a process, and that's what you've heard others say here this morning. This is a process. You know, we've got steps 10 and 11 and 12. Those are our daily steps for the rest of our lives. For us to, God continuously shows us more all the time. He's always revealing more. It's just so amazing. There's always something more for me to work on or a little deeper to work on with my relationships. And it's a process. But thank God for step 11, I mean step 10, when I do screw up, and I do, you know, every now and then Monica still opens her big fat mouth and says something, I can immediately make amends with step 10. And thank you, God, for all of that. And the more I go through this process, the more I turn to God to help me with these principles of being honest, of, of not manipulating of not having to be right. God help me. I'm a crazy woman. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Monica. And Leah, you're next. Thanks so much, Kathy, for your service. Uh, obviously, we're in step, uh, well, chapter 7, step 12, you know, how to guide other people. Certainly, I recall this process myself, you know, being at this point, being uh you know, having made amends, it says when your prospect has made such reparation as he can to his family and has thoroughly explained to them the new principles by which he is living, he should proceed to put those principles into action, meaning continuing. You know, this is something we continue to do, um, and that was something I had to learn also. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't just a board game we're playing. You know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, uh, as was previously stated. This was going to be, you know, how am I, I going to live now? How am I going to behave? It goes on to say here he should concentrate on his own spiritual demonstration. You know, I had to realize, and this had to happen early in my recovery process because this disease had taken me to the point where divorce was being discussed, and I certainly had, uh, you know, had caused a lot of pain to my family members, my parents, etc. You know, we have aggravated the character defects of other people, and that was something I had, that was a truth I had to swallow. I also had to realize that, um, you know, I couldn't keep pointing a finger at people, such as my parents, that they made me this way. You know, it was time for me to start taking responsibility for my own thinking and for my own behavior, that, um, you know, I could no longer afford to blame these things on other people, and certainly that's the same guidance I give to sponsees, that external conditions are never the remedy for people like us. 
because our situation is an internal condition. So, you know, hoping that other people would behave a certain way and that would make us feel better is erroneous. That's, that's, that's not correct. And that other people have been hurt by our behavior. You know, there's no statute of limitations on a broken heart that I had to focus on my own spiritual demonstration with my family, with my husband, that anger in my marriage was going to be what the iceberg was to the Titanic. But if I was disturbed, I had to work it out. And thank God, I have a program of recovery that allows that to happen. You know, this program of recovery, the steps, particularly steps 10, 11, and 12 now, are um, a are a way of me remaining undisturbed because my life is going to be determined by how I think. And if my thinking is aligned with God and these principles of the program, then my life is going to reflect that. However, if my thinking is separated from God, if I am alienated from God, if I am not cleaving to these principles and to these steps, the chances are my thinking is going to be distorted And if my thinking is distorted, then certainly my actions and my words are going to be distorted and my life will be distorted. And that will look self-centered and that will look frightened and that will look like a life out of self-will run riot. But what if my thinking can be better, which it can, because we have these steps? Then my actions are better. And if my actions are better, you know what happens? My life is better. And you know what? When my life is better then the lives of people all around me become better. And that's exactly what this program of recovery offers. It's a learning process which produces a whole new person living a whole new way of life. And you know what that's called? That's called the transformation. And it sound, if it sounds profound, it is. It is. And when I say a learning process, I'm not saying, you know, that we just gather together and study and close our books and then go do whatever we want to do for the next 23 hours of the day. Real learning is what this program gives to us if we're very persistent and governed by these principles. You know, if I ever read some of these letters that my husband writes to me on our anniversary or my birthday, (laughs) it describes a person, you know, who is far, 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 far different. It has no correlation to the person uh, that got here in 1987. Absolutely none. I had no tools for living. This program of recovery puts us back together the way God intended us to be. And what a miracle that is. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. And Sharon, please go ahead. Arabia. Marcella. Oh, thank you, Kathy. Wow, I've heard such wonderful stuff. But anyway, um, I'm just going to zero in on um, he should concentrate on his own spiritual demonstration. Argument and fault fighting must be, um, well, says are to be avoided like the plague. In many homes, this is a difficult thing to do, but it must be done if any results are to be expected. And um, it is so true that uh, I didn't have any tools for living either, and the ones that I had just caused so much harm and so much turmoil uh, in the lives of others. And um, when I go back to page 60, it kind of, States, okay, so we saw that these resentments and, you know, behaviors must be mastered, but how? We could not wish them away any more than alcohol. And so that's where um, I must, must trust and rely on God 
to renew and restore uh, my mind to sanity. And so that takes a real unlearning process because my, my uh, tools when I came in were judging, um, blaming, um, gossiping about other people when they weren't present. I mean, everything that went against what this talks about. And so now it's telling me these must be avoided like the plague. And it has been much more difficult for me to practice these principles with my family because there's such a history there and there is um, that uh, closeness that uh, we are very aware of what triggers our uh, buttons, so to speak. And so um, this is a daily challenge for me still today to practice these principles with my family and I would not be able to do it at all without God and trusting in him that he will teach me in each situation how to respond, whether they come to me lovingly or not so lovingly or, or letting go of my expectations of how they should uh, respond to me, uh, especially when I put my mother hat on or, and you know, I'm one of those that doesn't have a um, uh, husband. Um, I, my first husband, that, you know, that went south before I ever got in the program. And then in my second marriage, it was in such shambles that it didn't survive the time and, uh, to practice these principles in that second marriage at all. So I, uh, see today, and, and one of the things that, that helps me are little one-liners, um, so that when I'm in the midst of something like this, I don't go to that instantaneous uh, old way of responding. So, you know, spot, stop, and drop the blame game. And I must trust in God, mind my own business. That's one of the big ones that God is teaching me. Sharon, I'm in charge of you, and I'm in charge of every other person on the universe. It's not just you. And I have a divine plan, and don't hinder me. And... Uh, so that's been a long time coming, but I am just so grateful. And, you know, I used to joke, I got to, you know, I got to carry duct tape with me so I can duct tape my mouth because, you know, sometimes it will still go off before I engage my brain. But thank goodness we have a tenth step that we can immediately go and make an amends and make that right as quickly as we can. And so I'm so grateful for this program, and I'm so grateful to God for showing us that we truly can live these principles out in our lives. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Kathy. Thank you, Sharon. And I heard Rabia and then Marcella. Go ahead, Rabia. Good morning, everyone. This is Rabia, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater and so grateful for everyone's share this morning. I really need to hear all of this. And... Strained relations, uh, principles into action at home, even though the family may be at fault in many respects. And, and, and I, I need to talk about my OA family and um, the home I've been creating in the rooms of O Readers Anonymous for all these years. And I'm relatively newly recovered it just um i've i've been listening to a vision since the beginning of april and it, it's just a few very beautiful wondrous weeks that i am recovered 
and um, and and so of course, you know, I'm impassioned with this new discovery after decades in OA, and and um, and and I was and and recently I was at an OA meeting I've shared on the line. I was horrified by the message. I was terrified. The the lack of um, acknowledging the first step or anything to do with entirely abstinent or any spiritual principle. Well, of course, if you know if we're not entirely abstinent in the first step, then we're not living by spiritual principles in the rest of the steps. And so, um, I did, I was not showing a spiritual demonstration because I immediately, when it was my turn to share, started speaking about must. And, you know, I, I, I look back on it now. I've talked to a few people about it, and I just, uh, more is being revealed. And I just see, if you told me about must five months ago, I wouldn't want to hear about them either. I wasn't even willing to... Uh, weigh and measure my food. I've been in OA for decades, and that was the last thing I was ever going to do. You know, for God's sake, you know, my food is organic and it's natural and it's healthy, and 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 I I can eyeball it. You know, and th- so my, I became willing to weigh and measure my food, and then opened up more and more. And then I found, thank God, vision and and these must these must for me. Are, um, are a comfort. I love all the must in these books. However, excuse me, I I, um, I must avoid blaming. I must um, argument and fault finding. If any results would be expected, I, you know, I I, I can't. I, I I need to bring God with me into all my meetings. I I need to I need to demonstrate spirit have a spiritual demonstration and. Um, and speak gently and and tell the truth. Of course, tell the truth. Always, always, always tell the truth. Um, and and not speak when I'm feeling a reaction. You know, when when I'm feeling a reaction to what other people have said, to pass and let it come back around to me after I've prayed more and be calm about it. Because the message is so beautiful and it's so clear, and the presentation of it is so important and. And and so I'll close by saying this entire um, morning's meeting applies 100% um, to my OA family and my OA home, and, and I'm so grateful now to have a tool to take with me. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rabia. And Marcella, please go ahead. Thank you, Patty. My name is Marcella. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, so... Let's suppose um, that I have had some success avoiding argument and fault-finding. What is going to happen if I do so? So if persisted in for a few months, the effect on a man's family is sure to be great. And little by little, that family may see their own defects and admit them. So then, just as I created a ripple effect of like, wrongdoing and misery and bitterness around myself when I was um, overeating and undereating and and just activating my addiction. Now, I've been restored to the dignity to start a ripple effect of goodness and sobriety. By the time I'm reading this with my sponsors, it's very evident to the naked eye that there's no hierarchy. We're both 
peers on the same level. We're both working on a spirit of amends. We're both looking for a way to be service of, to have, of being of maximum helpfulness to God and our fellows. And we both have our own experience of God. And it's very, very evident that I have no hierarchy over anybody, that we're together on the same level, on a level plane in need for recovery for the rest of our lives. And it's just, it just becomes multidimensional because I'm reading page 98 with my sponsor. It applies to our family, to your family, to the families of, um, among us, to the families that my, my sponsor is in, in intense training to get his, her own sponsor. So now this, is, this becomes multidimensional. Up until the first page, is all about me. On page 66, surprise, surprise, there are other people in the world. By the time we come here, we're dealing with a community. We're fully aware that we're part of a large village, that everything that we think and becomes action affects a lot of people all the time, for better and for worse, but also for better. So <clears throat> this is a very gentle way to introduce us to the tradition in which we know that it's attraction, not promotion. If my ways are attractive enough, a lot of people are going to be want to join this way of life, <clears throat> including my family. I guess that's all I have to say. Thanks. Thank you, Marcella. And um, I think we'll move on to the next paragraph. And Marcella, could you read that for us? Sure. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, after they have seen tangible results, the family will perhaps want to go along. These things will come to pass naturally and in good time provided. However, the alcoholic continues to demonstrate that he can be sober, considerate, and helpful, regardless of what anyone says or does. Of course, we all fall much below the standard many times, but we must try to repair the damage immediately, lest we pay the penalty by a speech. So, so, so when I first came to the big book, I said, this is all very interesting. It's a little old-fashioned English for my taste, but what does it have to do with my waist and the food that I cannot stop eating? What does one thing have to do with the other? And this last line makes it very, very clear again, again. If I don't repair the damage immediately, what is the damage that I need to repair? the damage that I created. How do I become that I create a damage? Because I'm resentful. What is the resentment? Any um, um, uncomfortable emotions that box me. It's like walking on shoes that have a pebble on it. If I feel that in my soul, I have a resentment. If I have a resentment, it's because I'm spreading some damage in the universe. If I'm spreading some damage in the universe, my source of comfort is going to be the refrigerator and, 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 and the bag of candies. So if I don't repair the damage immediately, how am I going to pay with the food that I cannot eat because it's poisonous to me? And and just the lines that go before that, by this time when I'm starting page 99 with my sponsors, we have been restored to such a level of dignity from a powerless, hopeless addict, completely out of control, now I'm joining not any power but the power with capital P. I'm giving we're giving each other this experience, not an experience but the experience.
experience of love and hope. Why in the world do we love one another when you join recovery? Why do we have this just unconditional willingness to sacrifice for one another? Because together, by reading this book, we literally stood in the presence of God. And what experience that is. So if you're listening to us right now, hopeless and thinking, I'll never get it. I'll never get it. You're not that different. Just join us. Just join us and recover. It's doable. It's not that difficult. It's simple. It's achievable. It's within the reach of the hand. It's even closer than the food that you're craving right now. And with that, I pass it. Thank you, Marcella. And who would like to share on this paragraph? Hi, this is Florence. Can you hear me? Okay, I heard Can you hear me? I heard Sarah and Florence and there was someone else before Florence. Ken. I think I spoke twice, but I don't know. No, it was it was Ken. Okay, so Sarah, Kim and Florence. Go ahead, Sarah. Good morning, Kathy Kay. Good morning, Vision for you. This is Sarah W. Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Iowa. Um <laughs> Wow, what a great meeting this morning. Um, I guess the, I guess the thought I have is that um, you know, in reading this about how we help uh, the prospect sponsee, um, the person that we're guiding, um, we're letting them know that you know these things will come to pass naturally in good time, provided that we continue to demonstrate that we can be sober, considerate, and helpful regardless of what anyone says or does. That's a tall order. Um, But, of course, we all fall much below this standard many times. But we must try to repair the damage immediately lest we pay the penalty by a spree. So this is telling us that, I mean, for myself, I know that if I I have um, inappropriate behaviors, um, which I... I ask God to help me with, um, I ask, uh, I, I, I really work on trying to do the opposite of the negative, uh, but old behaviors uh, run deep, and old beliefs and actions have been there a long time. And it tells me on page 80, 83 that there's a long period of reconstruction ahead. And I love the prayer, and I think, you know, for years I would say, uh, and I do go back to this, but I haven't been doing it consistently, and maybe it's something I need to do again, but, you know, on page 83 it, it says, so we clean house with the family, asking each morning in meditation that our Creator show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. What a beautiful prayer for our family. Um, because it is, as other people have stated, the hardest place because we do have this history. But, you know, love and tolerance is our code. And, I'm, I, you know, I'm human. I'm going to fall short. That doesn't give me an excuse to continue with behaviors like that. And I think I wrote on the side of my page, critique can be friendly. You know, for me, if somebody would say, you know, why are you doing that, you know, I would become defensive. And I think that's almost human nature, maybe more so with, with people that are addicts. But um, today, can I say, hmm, you could be right. You know, you could be right thinking that for a moment. And, you know, uh, some of us come from very dysfunctional places. Uh, and, you know, that doesn't mean that those those things um, can't be healed. But I think 
the healing comes with us. You know, we're the ones that have the program. We're the ones that have the tools. And oftentimes people do follow suit. Uh, But what a beautiful way to live, you know, the 10th step and the 11th step. And for me, a lot of times what I need to do is pause. I need to just stop and quiet myself and ask, you know, breathe in God and breathe out Sarah and say, Help me say the right things. Help me do the right things, God, because I don't know what's right, and I want to do the right thing. And that helps me so much, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. And Kim, please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. But we must try to repair the damage immediately, lest we pay the penalty by a spree. So this is, you know, working with others. We can also think about this from our perspective as the, as the recovered person because they're talking about here, yes, we've walked through steps one through nine. We're starting to use 10 and 11 as a way of living, but they're warning us. We were told back on in the 10-step promises right afterwards that we are recovered, not cured. So if we are unblocked now, we have to make sure that we continue to use 10 and 11 as a way of life or we're going to become blocked again. And if we become blocked again, we're going to pay with the penalty of a spree, which means we're going to pick up again. Because once again, we have this twofold illness, allergy of the body, obsession of the mind, allergy of the body, permanent disability. If I ever go back to those foods, I will have that allergic reaction, that phenomenon of craving, and I'll be done. And I have this obsession of the mind, and because I've walked through steps one through nine, I have become unblocked. I'm connected to a higher power. God has removed the obsession. But they're letting us know here, if we don't continue to do the work, I can become blocked again. You know, I think to myself, you know, that old joke, you know, about being a teabag Christian, only praying when you're in hot water. You know, that's how I use 10 and 11. It was only when I was in enough stress or in enough pain that I would do 10 and 11. And I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm living in 10, 11, and 12. If you are not doing 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis, you're not living in 10, 11, and 12. Maybe you're vacationing there, just like we, we work 50 weeks a year to have a two-week vacation. But in our case, if we are recovered, if we have this twofold illness, we cannot visit 10, 11. We have to live 10 and 11. And I think to myself that old the saying that you know basically represents a twelve step program. I'm going to live it one day at a time. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of twelve step programs have warped that into I'm going to white knuckle it for today. I'm going to keep the booze down today. I'm going to keep the drugs down today. I'm going to keep the food down one day at a time. That's all I have to worry about. But yet they're letting us know in this big book one day at a time is not introduced until the tenth step, when it's letting us know we have a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. So that's letting us know. I mean, I can't get clean on yesterday's shower. Same thing. I cannot stay abstinent today on the work I did yesterday. So they're letting us know here. I'm going to read that one more time. But we must try to repair the damage immediately lest we pay the penalty of a spray because if I do not work the recovery lifestyle, the 10, the 11, the 12 on a daily basis, I'm going to become blocked from my higher power, and in and of myself, I will pick up again. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. And Florence, please go ahead. 
<clears throat> Hi, this is Florence, a grateful recovering um, compulsive overeater from um, Virginia, originally Jersey. Um, I thank you um, for those who called me yesterday. I got back on the call yesterday, and uh, do, do not doubt that you are a bunch of angels and you're a reflection of God. I, I got four calls, and two of them just hit it right on the head. So thank you. Um, I'm I'm light on the steps. I've I've been around the program for a while, and and that's my goal is to work the steps. So I'm I may not be as um, seasoned in that area, but but I I I want to say that. Um, turning your life and your will over to your higher power and understanding that that's where the strength comes from is 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 what I'm about and um I I wanted to say on the subject of domestic relations um I'm in a relationship with a, someone with many years of recovery in another fellowship and um the other day we had one of those things where you know you say tomato and I say tomato and you know could you call the realtor but no I'm not gonna and I'm like Ah. So I went into what um, sometimes called the, the chapel, which is the ladies' room where we were, and just said some prayers. And I had the sense that my significant other was saying some prayers too. We're doing something other than just badgering or continuing. And we came back together as different people. So I think um, every moment we have the opportunity to start our days over and, and be a reflection of, of God as we come to understand him. And um, there's no fear. There's no penalty. This is being human. We do human. We don't do perfect. Uh, there's not a, a guillotine at the end of the road. There's nothing but boundless love. That's my thinking. So thanks for letting me share. Uh, thank you, Florence. We have time for one more brief share. Who would like to share? Okay, then we can wrap up the meeting. Um Thank you, everyone, who has shared today. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Uh, will Sally please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, good morning, Kathy. It's Sally, recovered compulsive over a year in South Jersey. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.